Hello and welcome to the Football Form Labs podcast where we try to make like Lionel Messi and Jenny whisper in your ear about how to make money from football more effectively only with fewer profanities and no full match bans. We are coming to you this week from the usual airless room in our eerie high above Putney Bridge. Football Form Lab Towers has been churning through lots of data for you this week. We're coming to you with a more streamlined, more betting focused approach. Uh, I don't know, something like a gambling Santi Cazola, who knows us, us Charon, he's here with me alongside George Petrie uh, to give us some insight into games from the Premier League and Europe and we'll also have a bit of insight into uh, Major League Baseball which kicks off this weekend and the Masters which is coming up next Thursday. On with the show, no messing about, no faffing today. So let's start with uh, the Merseyside derby, so Liverpool versus Everton, obviously a late winner uh, in this fixture earlier in the season when they played at Goodison. Uh, where do you think this one is going Charon? Uh, yeah, I fancy Liverpool to to get the three points here. Um, but a team news that's cropped up earlier in the week. Uh, I think Lallana is out for about a month, so that'll make it a little bit trickier for them. But I mean, their their home record's pretty impressive. One ten and fourteen at Anfield, and especially against the the top half sides, they're one five drawn two lost none. So yeah, I think they've been pretty reliable. Everton have been good at home, but not so much on the road. Really, they've struggled a bit. They've been thumped 5-0 at Chelsea, 3-2 at Tottenham last time. Um, but I think with Lukaku in the sort of form that he's in and Liverpool always a bit ropey defensively, I think Everton can probably score, but I think Liverpool might outgun them. I think we might see sort of 2-1, 3-1 to Liverpool in this one. Yeah, Liverpool both score seems to be yeah, together. I think that's the way yeah, to get Everton have got a terrible record at Anfield as well, don't they? Um, yeah. I haven't won this since 1999. Yeah, exactly. What's yeah. the odds on uh, Liverpool to score? Uh, it's about 3.5 is yeah. what you can get for that. Yeah, Liverpool 1.7. Best price with odds checker, is that? Yeah. Yes, that's with odds checker, yeah. Um, which I think, yeah, that's the way to go in that one. Good stuff. Um, we'll try to get through as many of these as we can, uh, and we'll be focusing on the uh, televised games first. So we can now turn to uh, George's team, Southampton, who hosts uh, another derby. Uh, it's played play Bournemouth. Um, at Southampton on Saturday afternoon. So, George, where do you think this one's going? Uh, yeah, well, they call it the Derby now, don't they? It's because uh, Portsmouth have gone down the drain. It's true. It's just the proper South Coast Derby, but Bournemouth seem to think it's a bigger game than uh, we do. But, um, I mean, originally you think Bournemouth, where we've been improved since uh, sort of the last couple of months since Gabardini's come back in, but news that he's not going to be fit enough to um, play his game after going off a couple of weeks ago against Watford. Um, and the fact that Charlie Austin's out, it means I really don't fancy my my team this really? weekend. I think, I think especially, I mean, they're one point six seven at home to beat Bournemouth, and which seems a crazy price considering when that period when Austin got injured to when Gabardini came, but they barely won a game. We could barely put the ball in the back of the net. And although Bournemouth have had their struggles this season, they've slightly turned the corner. Yeah, won their last two. They even kept their first clean sheet for, for, for a long time. You know, for, I don't know how long. Uh, last time against Swansea, so um, I think at the price, I mean, the fact that Southampton is so short, that means Bournemouth on the double chance, you yeah. know, just laying Southampton, um, at Bournemouth at 2.4, which I think is a, is a cracking price, and if Southampton do win, then I don't mind too much either. Fair enough. And um, the other game, the other big game of the weekend, comes on Sunday afternoon, that's Arsenal versus Man City, and I think, Sharon, you better jump in on this one. Where do you think this one's going? I think has we can't really discuss Arsenal at this stage without discussing recent results and in particular what that means for Wenger where, where do you think he stands uh, ahead of this fixture and where's, where's this one going to go I mean I think the talk 
sort of recently been that he is going to sign the new contract right. uh, and he's going to sell another couple of years. I actually think the prices are some way off actually in this one. So Man City are about 2.3 and you can get Arsenal uh, about 2 to 1, maybe slightly better. Um, so the last time that Arsenal were 2 to 1 or bigger at home was um, actually in this fixture almost three years ago to the day. Uh, that game ended up 1 all and it, it came in a similar sort of time. So Arsenal had just gone out to Bayern Munich in the Champions League, as we had done this year. Um, we lost 6-0 at Chelsea and could only draw at home to Swansea before that Man City game and it's, it felt kind of similar at the time, sort of it was the end of the world for Arsenal, Wenger, Wenger was past it and then we managed to draw here and then kind of kicked on towards the end of the season and finishing the top four like we like we normally do. <laughs> I don't um, think it's going to happen this season. Yeah, it's a big call this season. Yeah, I was looking at the prices actually, we're about three to one for a top four finish. And I mean, I quite fancy that. Who's your top four, though? If you had to say now, yeah. Who's your Who's your top four? Uh, well, Chelsea, obviously. Yeah. Um, Spurs look pretty secure, don't they? Will they finish above Arsenal? Yeah, I think this this has to be the year. Surely, yeah. I mean, with Kane out, you never know. They could. It's true. They could mess things up, can they? But they have got a lot of their tricky fixtures out the way, um, and they've been imperious at home, haven't they? So I think, yeah, Spurs probably for second. Um, I think Liverpool might actually get third and I think we're going to get fourth I can see the Manchester clubs missing out United have got some really tough fixtures left uh, so as well as going to Arsenal they have to go to City and Spurs and they also play Chelsea at home and they don't, oh, tend, to, they don't tend to win those games do they Mourinho Kraft will get a draw out of them they need to win yeah, the exactly. games to catch up they're likely yeah. to lose momentum as well with a few key players out like Herrera and Ibrahimovic are out yeah. this weekend which we'll come on to but Europa yeah. League still as well for them. So exactly. I think Which they is probably their best start. chance of Champions League football next season. Yeah. Um, yeah. And City, as well as coming to us this weekend, they go to Chelsea midweek. Uh, so I think they, we can see them definitely dropping points from those two. So, I'm, yeah, um, I think. I'm same as you, Park. I fancy City in the top four instead of Arsenal. I think I, yeah, think, I, I think it's it, and it will be curtains for Wenger at the end of it. Yeah, I think it's fair enough. I think just at the price, I think three to one is probably a little bit yeah. too big. Um, yeah. So we, we've got to go to Spurs away, but we have both Manchester clubs at home and we beat both of them at the Emirates last season. Um, and five of our last nine games are at home, whereas most of the other top four competitors, they have to play more away. So yeah, I think we've got a bit more of a squeak than three to one, so yes. Good idea. But so, what was our bet for the yeah, game? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. What is our bet for? Okay, for so this game, yeah, so basically taking on City at 2.3 so you can get Arsenal plus 0.25 on the Asian handicaps about 1.9 sounds good I think that looks pretty I can I can definitely see a draw actually maybe even a repeat of the one all I was talking about yeah, a few years ago yeah Arsenal draw no bet might be the way to yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I fancy I fancy a draw because City well, they've been a half decent run in the league haven't they but they've only beaten the lower teams in the lower half or they've drawn their last three against you know Liverpool mm. Spurs and teams like this so I just yeah. fancy they they know whether they'll go over the line so I think a draw looks a solid solid shout Draw yeah. does look like a good chat. We'll try to whiz through a few more of the, the games now. Um, the one I want to talk about next is probably Leicester versus Stoke, uh, where um, I think it's quite, a, quite an exciting game for Craig Shakespeare's side. Uh, I think they probably will win this one, and I think that actually um, this is the sort of game that Stoke loses en route to a ninth finish by a point or two, isn't it? I mean, they've not scored many of their last three away, um, and it looks like the sort of thing where Shakespeare's side has the momentum, and it's 
probably going to go the Fox's way. What do you guys think? Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, so you can get Leicester at a shade of odds against here, 2.06-ish. Um, I think that looks a really good bet. They're playing like they did last season now. And I mean, if this game was at this stage last season, they'd be more like 1.7, 1.8, I guess. So yeah. yeah, odds against Leicester look a very good bet to me. Anything from that? No, George is quite happy with that bet, so we'll keep moving swiftly on. The one I want to talk about actually next is um, Man United West Brom. and. I, I personally tipped a nil-nil finish in this one, which was, you could get as long as 14-1 to 1 on Ostchecker, which surprised me given how many of um, Man United's key players are missing and how um, how many draws they've had this season. Depends if you call Paul Pogba a key player, doesn't well, it? Well, that's true. <laughs> yeah, is he more of a, more of a hindrance to the team? He is, could arguably more of a hindrance. I think both teams are sort of struggling for goals at the moment, so I thought that, um, yeah. and West Brom aren't good enough to win, probably, uh, away from home, I thought uh, certainly the draw half time and probably the draw full time and possibly a nil nil uh, was a, was a good option. What did you think, Sharon? Yeah, that sounds sounds good to me. I could maybe see United getting over like maybe a one nil or two nil, but yeah, definitely definitely low scoring. I think with all those players missing for United. Um, yeah, I see. I think United will go the line. I mean, West Brom they beat Arsenal at home. Uh, yeah, they, but uh, but they have that they hadn't the first time first side they've been above them in the league this season. Yeah, they've yeah. Sort of, they've been all the teams below them and away from home they've lost all their all their matches. So I think United will find a way. Um, mm. Yeah, they're going to them out. Um, I you know some like you say Ibrahim is missing, but they've got quality in Rashford and people like Juan Mata yeah. coming. You know they've got decent players up front that um, that can make a difference. So. Uh, so I, I fancy yeah, a narrow, narrow United win as well. Yeah, under 2.5 is available uh, 1.95 or probably better. That was a good bet way to say probably yeah. slightly. Could almost get uh, evens for that on odds checker. And what's um, that? And that's United to win and under 2.5 is 3.4, so. Perfect, probably the way to go. Um, other matches happening this week. Uh, let's talk about uh, Burnley versus Spurs. Um, Burnley obviously <laughs> basically lent on their turf more uh, form much like Leicester have lent on their key power form, but can they withstand Spurs? So it's a it's a big ask for them. Yeah, well they've only lost to Arsenal and City, isn't it? True. At home, so and they're both by just one goal. So with Kane out, you know, I know they did. They were at home last time. They uh, won comfortably against. I don't know, it was against Everton. They beat uh, last time. No, it was against you, wasn't it? Didn't they beat? Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, how, how could I forget? Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. what I think I raised that, yeah, yeah. that from my memory. Yeah, they yeah, beat yeah. us, and they, I mean, they were 2 0 up, but second half we pushed them quite hard. Mm. We wonder away from home against a place where everyone struggled to go without Kane. I think at the prime, mean, Burnley are 5.9, but if you were to back them, draw no bet or on the double chance, looking around evens on you. Yeah, yeah, I like both of those. Um, or if you want to be a little bit more conservative, you can get Burnley plus one on the Asian handicap, which is about one point. 8-5, so they haven't lost by more than one goal at home all season, so yeah, especially without Kane, I think that looks definitely one of the best of the weekend, actually. In the if, I, if I were a hairy Burnley defender and I had money on Arsenal finishing above um, above Spurs, I would definitely be going for Dali Ali's legs, right? <laughs> He's, like, I looked at the stats before, the, was it against Swansea, they, they beat, was it um, Swansea that Spurs beat last time? Prior to Southampton, Southampton yeah. there we go. Um, prior to that, uh, only uh, Dali Ali and Kane had scored in the league for Tottenham uh, at home since December. So they're oh, really, really struggling for goals. And then, apart from those who are then Eric's Eric's not score, but yeah, even yeah, away from you imagine even away from home they'll be more affected by it. You reckon without yeah, the loss of Kane? Yeah, definitely 
problems for, for them if uh, Delhi Alley's legs go. Um, let's keep moving on. Um, there's also, just run through a few and see if we've got a few words to say about any of these. There's a, a host of sort of mid, mid-table fixtures that we don't really have to spend too much time on. But uh, Watford v Sunderland looks like a particularly uninspiring game. Um, I think I'm back Sunderland on the draw, no bet here. Um, but they, there's curtains for them short. Like there's, there's yeah, you've got to think they still have a hope. They still have something to play for. Yeah. And with that, you've got to Watford. I mean, they're a dangerous side to be back in the moment, aren't they? True. Because yeah. just their position, they look like half of them probably fancy their time on the beach. So yeah, yeah. probably. Do. I wonder whether. Um, I mean, it's not a game I'm going to be betting on, but. No, it's- I'm sorry if we're broadcasting to any Watford or Sunderland fans. But you can excuse <laughs> us for saying your teams are less than riveting to watch at the moment. And um, who else have we got? We've got Hull versus West Ham. Uh, two teams with really bad defensive records conceded the second and fourth most goals in the division, respectively. Um, but what was interested in was um, probably be nil all then, wouldn't it? Probably be nil all, no yarn um, but West Ham um, have scored the fourth most away goals in the league, which I thought was quite an interesting stat. Yeah, that is surprising, isn't it? Mm. Um, yeah, I think they're, they've been pretty good on the road, haven't they? Their home form, I still am not quite convinced about them at the London Stadium. Yep. Um, some of the sides that they've beaten have all been sort of bottom six generally. They haven't really mm. beaten a decent team there. Uh, but yeah, I think away they're, they're pretty good. Um, yeah, I think they're probably a fair option, actually, draw no bet. Um, but as you mentioned about these two having pretty poor defensive records, I quite fancy goals in this one, actually. Yeah, and you get over two point five at about evens. Yeah, that's a good price to me. Mm. Very good price. Um, and then finally, we've got uh, Chelsea Crystal Palace. Um, anything for Crystal Palace in this one, or is Big Sam's luck going to come to a sticky end? He struggled obviously to start. Then he's won what three on the bounce. Yeah, the Big Sam effects taking it, starting to take it. Uh, yeah, the Big Sam, yeah, starting to take its effect, isn't it? And uh, it's Mamadou Saku's coming at the yeah. back. He's been there for three games. They kept three clean sheets. Uh, I don't think it's going to make a difference against Chelsea. I think yeah. Chelsea, I don't think, even are going to be able to be stopped um, at home, especially. Well, the Chelsea win to nil or something, yeah. it'll be a short price. Um, I think anything in their favour. You could take a bit of a risk if you're going Chelsea under 2.5 because they could, if they turn up, Hazard turns on, they could score yeah. three or four goals. So um, I think it's probably a best avoided. Mm. Chelsea have been uh, up 1-0 in six of their last seven against bottom six sides, whereas uh, Crystal Palace have been down 1-0 at the half in each of their last four against top six sides. So I'm backing their 1-0 half-time score at 3.1. Uh, I think that's, there you go. That's, that's, that's pretty niche. It's it a very niche stat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the last time I was betting on a 1-0 game was, I think it was must have Burnley West Ham, it was that horrible game where the post kept West Ham in it for most of it, yeah. but um, our fellow analyst Chris found an amazing stat which pertains to like eight or nine of these games that have finished one in favour of West Ham, so if it's anyone like that on listeners, we'll be hoping for the 1-0 half-time score for you there. We're going to move on from the Premier League in just a second, but before we do, uh, I know that we've given you a lot of bets so far, so we're just going to go back and get from each of these analysts. Uh, including myself, which we think are our best bets for the weekend's Premier League action. So I'm going to stick my neck out and say that my 1-0 half-time uh, in the Chelsea Crystal Palace game is what I bet on, uh, or alternatively half a point on uh, the 0-0 finish in the United-West Brom game. Chan, right. what would you back? Uh, I, quite, I quite like most of the ones we talked about. Actually. Yeah, absolutely. Could end up being an expensive weekend for me. Um, <laughs> I think Leicester odds against at home to Stoke probably be the best the best one. Uh, if you want a bigger price, the one all correct score in Arsenal City. 
Uh, and mine is going to be a Bournemouth double chance 2.4 where Southampton sounds great a win-win for, for George Bet. you know either Bet comes in or his team wins so that's the way we roll the emotional hedge yeah. <laughs> the emotional hedge very nice anyway on towards uh, Europe where there aren't a massive number of huge games but there's enough to keep us interested uh, with particular focus on Napoli Juventus which I think Charon is going to have a chat with us about uh, yeah, I've had a look at this game. Um, so, Juve are eight points clear at the top of Serie A, as they normally are at this stage of the season. Um, they've been a bit shaky on the road so far, though. Um, lost a, a couple of their sort of fellow, well, they're not really competitors for the title, but sides near, near enough them. Um, but they're in pretty good form at the moment. They've won nine or ten on beaten games. Napoli have been good at home. They've won 16 of 19 unbeaten. But I just think Juve are too big a price to, uh, to pass up on. Uh, so you can get them about even money draw, no bet. Given how dominant they've been in this league for, for so long now, I think that's too good a, too good a price to, to miss, really. Um, they're a class apart, and evens draw, no bet. does like a massive price to me there. Good stuff. Uh, and the other one we wanted to focus on was from the Eredivisie, uh, which is Ajax versus Feyenoord, uh, a tight game at the top there. Uh, George, I think, had a quick look at this. Yeah, it's not often we get the Eredivisie much at any no. time on this podcast, but I think it's worthy of it. I mean, the title looks as if it's going Feyenoord's way. There's, this is Ajax's last hope. Um, they're six points behind Feyenoord in the standings. There's only six games to go after this game, so you feel Ajax have to win. Um, and Feyenoid are probably just looking at a point and it's they've basically got one hand on the trophy um, and I don't think anyone would begrudge them of it they've been, fanta- uh, they've been fantastic this season um, problem is Ajax are a very strong home team um, they've won 10 of 11 unbeaten matches at uh, the Amsterdam Arena but their one draw in that game did come against the other kind of title rivals in PSV so you know these guys are expected to beat all the lesser teams and how they perform against each other uh, Feyenoord so far, unbe- so far unbeaten against Ajax and PSV this season um, and you find in the Dutch you don't get that many draws because such a lot of so many goals in the um, Eredivisie that so the top three have uh, met on 34 occasions in, since, in the last five seasons and including uh, this season um, but just eight finish all square because 23 of these have had um, at least three goals so when you're looking at siding with one, you definitely fancy Feyenoord at 4.1, they're six-point leaders, and um, and Ajax are odds against. So you would lean towards Feyenoord. So you're trying to push the boat out, go for the Feyenoord win, but perhaps given their situation, where a point will do, and will pretty much get them to the title, perhaps they will pay for a draw this time. So I think it's a safer bet, just back them 0.5 plus, plus 0.5 on the handy, Asian handicap for Feyenoord, which is about evens. Fair enough. We will move on now to a couple of other sports. Um, we've got some a big couple of weekends of sport coming up. Um, this weekend uh, of special interest to me is uh, the opening day of the new Major League Baseball season, uh, which I've written a full preview of uh, and is available on uh, Football Form Labs. Sign up now and get your two-week free trial. Um, you can use the code OddsChecker to get a 20% discount as well. And in a second, we'll hear from George about the Masters, which is occurring next weekend. Um, so in... Uh, in baseball, uh, obviously the Chicago Cubs ended their 108-year uh, curse last year and won the World Series with comfortably the best team in baseball. But they they really made everyone sweat for it uh, with a seven-game 
uh, winning the World Series that went to extra innings in the last game in Cleveland. Um, I'd actually tipped uh, Cleveland to have uh, a decent tilt at the World Series, and I think they're, they're a little long at third favourites behind the Cubs, uh, the defending champions, and the, and the Dodgers uh, from the National League. Um, the last team to win the World Series more than once on the bounce was uh, the dynastic um, New York Yankees uh, from 1998 to 2000, their 1998 side in particular, probably one of the finest ever assembled. Um, elsewhere, there are a few interesting bets uh, going. The Boston Red Sox, I think, are the team to, to back in the American League East, uh, in particular the over-under line. So I think they're going to win over 92.5 games, uh, which is about just slightly uh, odds on. How many games in a season? There are 162 games in a season. It's a long old season. It begins yeah. April, uh, ends October. I really like that argument, but I don't know if I can wait until... Yeah, it's, yeah, so it's a pending bet for a while. It's, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a slow burn. It <laughs> um, yeah, because um, the average win total for the AL East Division has been 96.6 games, and they're definitely in the top five teams to take the World Series. So I'd, I'd really have a look at the, the Red Sox overline there. Um, one of the best outfields in baseball. Um, Elsewhere, the the AL Central is an uninspiring one, apart an uninspiring division, apart from the Cleveland Indians, who now have Edwin Encarnacion from the uh, Toronto Blue Jays moved over. He'll probably play designated hitter and do a very good job of it. Um, and in the AL West, um, one of the tips I liked was uh, for uh, Jose Altuve, uh, their second baseman, to take AL MVP honors. And um, I think he's uh, one of the top five favorites. Um, after Mike Trout, who is comfortably one of the best players in baseball and possibly a future contender for the greatest of all time accolade, um, but it's a, it's a, he's overdue a bad season and we saw what happened when Mike, uh, not Mike Trout, when Bryce Harper, uh, another slugging outfielder, struggled last season. So I would back Jose Altuve for AL MVP honours. We've got some cracky names in the MLB. Oh, the best quality names in the MLB. Um, the where else? Uh, Bryce Harper we've talked about in the National League East, it's looking like uh, a toss up between the Nationals and the New York Mets and Max Scherzer heading up the uh, Washington Nationals pitching staff um, and the Mets pitching staff hmm, I'm not quite sure that they're a healthy bunch and Matt Harvey's velocity was really down in spring training after he struggled early on the mound last season and he had some season ending surgery um, but between the two of them they've secured four of the five last five NL East titles um, and we'll have to see where that one goes but I think the Nationals probably have the better combination of pitching rotation and offense, particularly if Bryce Harper gets off to a fly. Um, no one's really going to get near the Chicago Cubs in their NL Central, I think. Um, and I think the issue there will be their pitching. They've got an old pitching staff. Four of their five starters are currently over 30. Kyle Hendricks, the only one who's at 27 under 30. And if at the All-Star break they're struggling for arms there, perhaps John Lackey's getting tired or and a couple of others are struggling there. It's, it's, it's a long old road for them to, to the postseason, and we could see either some trades or them fade towards the end of the season. In any case, I think that there are a couple of teams in the NL West who stand a better chance of going the distance with better pitching. Uh, so I split my stake between uh, the Dodgers and the Nationals for the NL title. In the NL West, um, the Dodgers are the team to beat. They've still got Clayton Kershaw, one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in baseball. But he struggled a little bit with injury last year, and despite posting some incredible numbers earlier on in the season. I think if he struggles again this season, uh, then the Dodgers will probably still take the division because the San Francisco Giants are a little bit weak. Uh, but Madison Bumgarner just goes from strength to strength on their pitching staff. 
and backed up by a stronger reinforced bullpen this year. Uh, he should have a good shot at uh, Cy Young honours, uh, particularly if Kershaw struggles or Zach Greinke isn't performing for the Arizona Diamondbacks. So that's that's my collection of bets. Um, all so of those, just for our listeners, just yeah. a quick run through, give the just name each so, bet. So each bet. So um, I've tried to give one from each of the divisions. Uh, over 92.5 games for the Red Sox, uh, Cleveland Indians to win the World Series. Uh, Jose Altuve uh, for AL MVP. Nationals to take the NL East. Uh, going to split my stake between the Dodgers and Nationals for the NL title. And Madison Bumgarner for Cy Young Honours. Unfortunately, not many bookmakers in the UK offer many odds for MLB, but you can find a few, uh, and it's definitely worth having a punt at this stage. And if you had to pick one? If I had to pick one, I would probably go my Dodgers Nationals split stake. That is probably the way to go. Right now, George, what are you going to tell us about the Masters? Uh, well, of course, yeah, the greatest, uh, most exciting weekend. I mean, next week we've got a lot of games. We've got Aintree starting, we've got the MLB, we've got the Masters starting, IPL. IPL so there's a lot week. going on, so it's going to be very busy. But the Masters is, I mean, it's always my one of my sporting highlights of the year. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely love it. Um, last year, uh, you know, sun, mon- uh, Masters Sunday, nothing quite beats it, does it, that it's Sunday evening. Um, last year we had a shock win where Danny Willett came after Spieth melt down on the 12th. We kind of went against a lot of the trends of Masters winners and, uh, yeah. and won. We somehow plucked him out, out. out last year, didn't it's we? Very yeah. good. George had a pretty good year on the golf, didn't he last year? Was it Willett at 66-1 and Stenson for the Open, wasn't it? It's, we had Stenson, yeah. And yeah. then um, we also had Grace each way, I think, in the PGA. Very nice. But, um, so we'll see if we can get this 2017 off to fly. And um, I mean, the Masters is one of those tournaments where you can take a stats and trends uh, trends uh, based approach pretty easily because it's played on the same course every year, Augusta. Um, and so we similar thing to last year. We've kind of gone down that road, and um, and it's no surprise to see that most of the stats and trends this year. Uh, when you, the full preview comes out, you can see the whole table. I'm not going to bore your time on the podcast by going through each of them now. Um, but the top three in the market meet the most stats and trends. So that is Dustin Johnson, Spieth, and McElroy. And I don't know, Chan, what do you think? Is can you see anyone outside that top three winning it, or do you think um, do you think we're going to get a longer shot winner? But I mean, those three really, really can make a very good case for each of them. Yeah, um, they do look pretty solid, don't they? I think I've. Can probably leave Johnson at the price. I think he's about into six to one now. Yeah, um, what's his form though coming in? So he won three tournaments coming in. Yeah, which is pretty. I mean, it's pretty imperious. But I mean, he's improved. He's improved the last couple of years at Augusta. He's come after never really, it, never really taken to it. He's come sixth and fourth the last two years. He even mm-hmm. had a shout of winning it when Spieth had it. There's about five of them had a shout of winning it when Spieth went into the water twice. I think um, and the Masters. That's one of the special things about the Masters. It always produces those where we yeah, yeah, moments. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, um, and yeah, DJ. But you know, you wonder whether everyone says he's got no faults in his game, anything, but I wonder whether you still on those greens, those quick, if they're quick and they're fast, you would still have speeds passing over him any day of the week, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, and you just you wonder, you know, when someone's won so many in a row, apart from we've only ever seen Tiger be able to continuously do it, do it, do it. You know, you wonder whether he just seems so relaxed the whole time. That, yeah. We wouldn't argue against it, but at the price we can't we can't have him, can we? Yeah, I have to leave him at let him win at six to one or so. Uh, then we got then we got Rory, where I mean he's come in slightly under the radar this year. You know he's not um, 
injuries. Uh, he's had an injury. He's only played four tournaments. Only played thirteen rounds of golf this season, or something like that. Which is probably going to be to his advantage because usually everyone's talking about him winning the winning the um, Grand Slam of majors. Um, so he's coming slightly under the radar. Uh, my my concern with Rory, I mean him and Spieth about the same price, but I think at Augusta you'd have I personally would have a Spieth. It's just form there two one two. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, just in general he's come second, general. first, and second. You know, so I don't think. Um, and McIlroy just have that nagging feeling that he's got that he's got that round in him. Yeah. Tournament ending round, not tournament ending, but you know, just puts him out of contention. And he usually has it one of the first two days. Yeah, true. And he's playing catch up for the rest of the week. It's yeah. tended to be his story. At that yeah, Augusta exactly. since since, since, since 2011 when he when he did have a chance to win it yeah I think the thing with Spieth is to win it <laughs> yeah um, yeah proper choke that wasn't it yeah um, the thing with Spieth he's, he's hitting the ball a lot better coming into it this year isn't he yeah. but right. you can't tell how he's going to deal with the disappointment of last year mm-hmm. yeah every time he gets to the 13th there's I know it's quite a conservative crowd at Augusta, but there might be a little bit of chatter about. Yeah. Um, you hope on the Thursday if he just nails one middle of the green, you think that's that's it. I'm yeah. Like, I, I, I imagine it his, 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 his in-play price will probably um, really drop yeah. Yeah, exactly. pinged one next yeah. to the flag. But yeah, so you, it looks like our tip listeners is to wait until you know Jordan Speed <laughs> 30 to 30, 30 yeah, yeah. and then bet on 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, that's 12, that's right. Um, but Speed, you got to see he's striking much better. He's topping his first on the PGA Tour this year for greens and regulation, which is so important to hit as many greens as possible about Augusta. And then when you do miss, you have to be able to scramble well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing about the Masters is that seven of the last nine winners have started at 20 to 1 or more. So uh-huh. I think what we'll do, we'll try and give you a couple of them from uh, slightly further afield, bigger prices. There's none that I really fancy. I mean, we had Danny Willett at 70 to 1 last year. There's none I fancy that big. But um, I'm going down the English route. We uh, we topped uh, five of the top 10 last year were Englishmen. Um, and a lot of them arrive here in really good form. Uh, I mean, they're led by Justin Rose, but I like the one behind him in the market, Paul Casey. Um, his first ever time at Augusta, he finished sixth, and since, and then he finished in the top 20 in uh, three of his next four starts there. And after going to the wilderness for a bit, he's come back and he's been one of the most consistent players of the PGA for the last years. With the only problem is he hasn't won anything. Um, so you might guess, I mean, at each way value 51, I think it's good value. You might want to just bet and wait till the top 10 mark comes out and have a battling then but he'll sure for sure take inspiration at, um, of uh, Stenson winning his first major at the age of 14 he's 39 mm. um, the last two years he's played well he's finished 6th and 4th and I just think he's going to have a very solid week once again um, and then the other one is uh, really like uh, Tyrrell Hatton for um, for England he's come in with all that he's done very well in his first three tournaments in America um, but DJ's been winning, so it's all been about him. So he's coming slightly under the radar. His big negative is that he's on debut, and mm. this is the whole thing. You have to know Augusta to play it well, but Spieth won in the second go. Danny Willett, although a bit of a fluke, I think, in, in the grand scheme of things, won on his uh, second go. Um, and although no uh, debutant has won um, since, 19, no rookies won since 1979, um, I think he'll have a decent shout of being up there or thereabouts. So he's got, um, he's just. I mean, Lee Westwood's quote just saying in interview, he thinks he's the best putter really? on tour, and he thinks he's, he's very. I mean, he would have gone there, he would have gone prepared on the green. So I like him, but even if it's not to place, you've got John Ram, the big talking, new um, talking kind of the talking horse, I guess, of the, yes. of, of the Masters. Um, and he's the shortest priced rookie they've had since Tiger. And um, I think 
Tua Hatton to probably get the mark is now yet, but best debutant or best rookie will probably he'll be, be a fair price um, behind John Ram. He'll be he'll be favourite. Not a rookie, but um, someone who's my age is a, a classmate of a friend of mine. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick had yeah. a solid over the year. How's he looking coming into this? Great yeah, doesn't... he's got a good shot. He came see, game seventh last year. He's yeah. one of those young English guys in with a good shout. He's um, he boy, well, he he came second in the Arnold Palmer or something in the. Yeah, he was winning at the end of last. Yeah, like winning on the European tour, and he started quite well on the uh, on the. Um, he's had a couple of top tens leading in, which is always key. Form coming in is really important, um, and so he's not without a shout. And he came seventh in his debut last year. Uh, you just wonder whether others have a bit more power. Yeah, uh, but he seems to be a seem very solid, 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 solid option. He's, I mean, he'd be priced about seventy-one. Definitely on each way chance. Yeah. What about? Um, I quite fancied Fowler and Mickelson. Any of those? Yeah, chances? yeah. I thought. Originally, I was still uh, backing Fowler, but I've just been. I think his form this year is so much better coming into it than it was last year. I've just. It slightly worried me. He's never really taken to Augusta. That one top five finish, but other than that, he hasn't really made an impression. And last year, he did. He struck an 80 on the first day. True. Yeah. And it's just things like that. I think Augusta is. Some people's game will suit it, some people's game don't. I don't know whether. I think he's a kind of. You've got a, such a consistent game, you can play anywhere, but whether he has the. All the attributes to win at Augusta. But Phil. Yeah, you can never you can never discount Phil. Um and he's looked at the Arnold Palmer he finished seventh and he got to the quarterfinals of the match play and his he's mm. topping the putting average from the PJ tour this year. So his game looks in good order. I mean he missed the cut last year, which is very unlike him, but um he missed the cut two of the last three three years, but in between that he finished second. So you'd never know with Phil at the Masters. Yeah. And I actually I think I think he's um He's about thirty to one, and you wouldn't you wouldn't bet against. And when you're looking for these guys each way, you want a chance of them winning so you can win big. And he's definitely, you know, mm. you could easily. And he showed last year at the Open, he's got the appetite still to try and win one of these. Another add to his major collection. So mm. I feel each way is a big good shout. Yeah, left handers at the Masters. Yeah. yeah. That's about it for us at footballformats.com. Exciting news to bring you this week is that we are now on iTunes. So uh, this podcast, if you subscribe, uh, can be sliding. Uh, into your iTunes account uh, every week. Um, please, if you like this podcast, uh, or even if you didn't, uh, give us a review. Uh, give us some feedback. It'll take five minutes of your time, and it helps us develop and make this the best podcast it can be. Um, we'll have all our tips up on Facebook. You can follow us on all sorts of social media and sign up for a two-week free trial of the Football Formats to see all of this analysis and writing and get access to 50 leagues worth of data. Still available on SoundCloud too, but iTunes is the big news for us this week. We'll join you next week for more of the same. Thank you very much.